0: odyssey and territory if the spirit moves you and hopefully it will could you please follow if you're listening and subscribe if you're watching with either please like and comment and share as i'm your grateful host dan Riley. working for a major retailer back in my corporate days i kept a secret few of my co-workers knew anything about With all the meetings, conferences, seminars, grand openings, and miscellaneous gatherings I had to attend, if a lunch break didn't require my participation, I would drive off to a park, if one was close by, and sleep on a bench. If lunch was only a half hour, I would go to my car and take a nap. If the gathering was an all-day affair with a working lunch, I was doomed, toasted, fried, and dizzy. When the day finally ended, I'd drive behind whatever building I was at and park under a tree so I could sleep. Gatherings of any type exhausted me, but interestingly enough, I never for a second felt this was a health issue. I just assumed that I bored easier than most, or I had some residual form of ADD from my youth. Then one fateful year, with the help of an author and a seminar, I finally discovered that I didn't have narcolepsy. First, I read a book titled Quiet. It was about introversion by Susan Cain. Secondly, I attended a three-day seminar hosted by Myers-Briggs professionals. Myers and Briggs refer to a mother-daughter team. Last century, who developed a battery of personality tests and typing based largely on Carl Jung's work on psychological types. On their introvert-extrovert spectrum, I tested as an off-the-chart introvert. Between Kane's book and that seminar, I came to learn a hell of a lot about introverts and extroverts, which I'll expound upon in just a few seconds here. The first thing I learned is to pay no attention to the dictionary definitions. An introvert is defined as a shy and reticent person, and an extrovert as an outgoing, overly excessive person. At best, these definitions are incomplete, but the most fascinating and liberating thing I learned regarding the primary difference between introverts and extroverts is the direction their energy flows. Let me repeat that, the primary difference is the direction their energy flows. It's not about being gregarious or shy. It's not about an inferiority or superiority complexes. It's not about high or low self-esteem. It's about how we gather and expend energy. With the introvert, the energy flows from the individual to the social gathering. She is dissipating energy. With the extrovert, the energy is flowing from the social gathering to the individual. He is gathering energy. And as with everything is about us humans, we are always striving for homeostasis. Hence, introverts, after being around people all day, need to find time alone to replenish their energy. Now, this works both ways. I wasn't the only person who had an aha revelation during the Myers-Briggs seminar. A close friend of mine at work, who at the time was a single father raising a young daughter, tested as an off-the-chart extrovert. With a typical Monday through Friday work routine, he was in and out of social gatherings all day and week long, but he spent his weekends alone at home, except for his young daughter. By late afternoon on Sundays, he found himself completely drained, drifting in and out of consciousness while laying on the couch watching television. Having no adults around to interact with, he was fatigued as I was after all-day meetings. So he adopted this routine. Come around 4 p.m. on Sundays, he would drop his daughter off at his mother's house and go to the local sports bar. That's how he replenished his energy. Both of us instinctively adopted routines that replenished our respective energies. Introverts need to get away from social gatherings. Introverts need to find social gatherings to replenish their energy. Lest you believe this is pseudoscience, in recent years there have been ample research in the hard sciences confirming that the brains and nervous systems of introverts and extroverts works differently. During a functional resonant imaging scan, groups of toddlers were shown pictures of unfamiliar faces to measure how their amygdala, the part of the brain associated with emotional processing, would respond. Sure enough, When the tested toddlers became adults and were identified either as an introvert or an extrovert, the introvert's imaging scan when they were toddlers showed a significantly higher sensitivity to unfamiliar faces than did the toddlers that became adult extroverts. A different study revealed extroverts have a low sensitivity to dopamine vis-a-vis introverts, so they require larger amounts for the same stimulation. And introverts are highly sensitive to dopamine vis-a-vis extroverts, so the same amount released in an introvert causes overstimulation, which has them scrambling for some time alone. Introverts and extroverts also prefer different sides of the nervous system. Of course, for most things, we all use both sides of our nervous system. The sympathetic side is responsible for the fight, fright, or flight response. And the parasympathetic is the rest and digest side. The sympathetic hits the gas pedal, adrenaline is released, glucose floods the muscles, and the extrovert is off and running. The parasympathetic side hits the brakes. Acetylcholine relaxes the muscles, energy is stored, and the introvert heads for the library. So just how does this dynamic of introvert and extrovert impact the world of public speaking? Well, first we must acknowledge that our culture has a strong bias towards extroversion. Performers, athletes, TikTok, and Instagram stars, etc. are all widely venerated they get more fame, money, and power than, say, does the graphic designer, the accountant, and the software developer. And because our environment exerts a tremendous influence over every aspect of our lives, it only makes sense that there is a tremendous gravitational pull to an extroverted lifestyle. So on the surface level, an extrovert is going to be drawn to public speaking more naturally than an introvert. By just being in front of an audience, extroverts are drawing energy to themselves. And with the skilled and disciplined extroverted speaker, they are reflecting that energy right back to the audience. With the best of speakers, this exchange manifests as passion, enthusiasm, and charisma. To the undisciplined speaker or the individual unaware of their extroversion, this can lead to rambling excessive ad-libbing, and actual mania. They don't want to surrender the stage. After all, they are getting an infusion of energy. Who hasn't endured the insufferable best man at a wedding or the eulogist at a funeral that just couldn't bear parting with the microphone? More than likely, they were unaware of their extroverted tendency As counterintuitive as this may sound, the consensus in the world of professional speakers is that introverts tend to make better public speakers than do extroverts. If we go back to the fundamental difference between the two personality types, it makes perfect sense. When one or more are gathered, the introvert is expending energy. In the case of public speaking, she is transferring her energy to the audience By definition, this makes introverts more audience-centric by nature relative to extroverts. Additionally, speech preparation is right in the wheelhouse of the introvert. They thrive when they're alone, thinking, pondering, and researching. As a result, introverts tend to craft better speeches than do extroverts. Introverts, however, are not without their own landmines they are more likely to suffer from the classic fears of public speaking, the tightening of the larynx muscles, a dry mouth, and an overall feel of dread and anxiety leading up to a speech. Because introverts are typically hypersensitive to their opposite, the over-the-top extroverts, they tend to self-censor as well. Oftentimes, this deprives the audience of the best that's in them, especially when it comes to deploying stories, and rhetorical devices. Introverts, they never want to be perceived as bullshitters. In all my years of being around speakers, I've had the pleasure of listening to terrific speakers of both personality types, introverts and extroverts. By just following their natural tendencies and applying a few disciplines, extroverts can develop into extraordinary public speakers. Conversely, being an introvert should not preclude any person from excelling at what might be perceived as an extroverted career or passion. Prince, Johnny Carson, and Emma Watson are all introverts. Well, well, in the case of Johnny and Prince, it would be were. If an introvert is going to make a career as a stage actor, a troubadour, or a public speaker, they'll need to manage their time among social gatherings different than do their extroverted counterparts. That's all. If you are unaware of your personality type, in the description below, I'll provide links to a couple of free tests you can take to find out. But before I sign off here, let me implore you for some help. If you are listening, please follow me on your hosting podcast platform. And if you are watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button and share this video. And for that, I'll be eternally grateful. As for today, that's all I have. This is Dan Riley taking you on an Odyssey into Oratory. Until next time, from the boat lines. sail away from that sailor. Catch the trade news in your city We're on the move now.